welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here, and I am joined by Ela Crane, and we would like to welcome you to the Peaceful Ease podcast. I want to remind everyone that you could be part of the show, and we'd love for you to be part of the show by using the Peaceful Ease hotline. The number for the hotline is 424-625-5562. Again, that's 424-625-5562. You can call us 24-7, 365. Give us your questions, feedback, ideas, anything you want to share. Ela loves to hear from you. You can also email us, podcast at peacefulease.com is the email address, and of course our website, peacefulease.com. And actually, before I bring Ela on, I want to mention we got a great question via email that I want to mention, but we're going to save it. We're actually going to save this one for the next show because Ela has an even better, more interesting. Okay, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit, uh, I'm doing this for me because Ela started to tell me the story and she wouldn't tell me the rest <laughs> of the story until we do it on the show. So I have to hear the story. So we're going to do it now. So I'm being a little selfish and we're going to do that. And then on the next show, we're going to do the question that we got via email. So I can't wait to bring that up as well. But I had to mention that right off the top. Ela. How's everything going on your end today? Uh, good. Today has been one of those days that feels like 72 hours. I love that when it happens. It's rare, but it does happen. So I got everything done and I even had time to paint a couple of pictures that were like more like exercises for me because I'm getting used to watercolor now. And then I was kind of waiting for you, which felt like amazing to have all this time and just wait around. <laughs> Do you think today felt that way because were you like specifically in the flow for some re like were you doing something that got you in the flow and you were just like everything just came really easily today for some reason? I don't know. The flow is the right word, but there was something about today that whatever I did, I felt like I was watching myself do it, if that makes sense. So there was this beautiful, it's not like a disassociation, but it's more like just being so aware of your environment and of you doing things that it becomes this almost like a movie that you're acting and watching at the same time. So there was this beautiful natural presence throughout the day and it was very easy to stay in that. That's nice. I just wanted to bring that up because a lot of people stress over time. And they say, oh, I don't have the time or I'm going to be late or whatever. But time in and of itself isn't really a thing, right? It's just a construct that people have created to be able to coordinate better. And so do you have certain days that feel like they're 72 hours and you get so many things done? And then other days, for whatever reason, may come up and they feel like they're like 45 minutes and you have to get it done. But so time is so... It's one of those things that maybe we can say for a different show in the future, but it's something I'd love to have a conversation with you about. Yes, absolutely. And I have a few things that I could suggest that kind of feels like they slow the flow of time in a way, but we'll 
keep that for another episode. Much like the email question that we thought <laughs> we're going to keep for the next episode, because we have been getting emails and phone calls. So I want to thank everyone who's contributing because of how many we're getting, which is a great thing. We have to kind of pick and choose which ones we're going to take on the air. But the ones that don't make it to air, we'll still make every effort to answer you either back via email or in a different manner if we can get back to you that way. But we have that one. It's queued up. It's safe for the next episode. So you're not going to want to miss that. It is a great question. But for this episode, Hila, I want to get into that story you were telling me. because We're talking <laughs> about fear. We we're talking about fear specifically. And you were telling me this story about you and your husband, Brian, and something that you brought together for his birthday. And this, mm -hmm. thing, I'll, I'll let you tell it, but I just, there's some certain questions I have that you refused to answer until we got on air. So now <laughs> we're here, I'll let you retell the story and then I'm going to chime in and ask because I'm so curious. Okay. So the story was that in February, 2017, I took this challenge of just doing whatever made me afraid to do. So it could be small things like facing my fear of rejection. So I could go to a cafe and get a cappuccino and say, could you give me a discount? How about 50 cents off or something? <laughs> and they would look at me. And in one instance, they actually said yes, which destroyed my challenge because I'm like, no, you're supposed to say no or look at me in a crazy way. That makes me feel rejected. And then I see what happens to me. But it was also doing extreme things like, I mean, extreme for me, a week of paragliding solo in Pyrenees in Spain and scuba diving with sharks. And it wasn't planned. It wasn't in a controlled manner. We were just scuba diving. And because I was doing this challenge, I saw the shark and my kind of reaction was like, I'm going to go and face it. So I started to swim behind the shark and the instructor was behind me kind of trying to yell at me, but it's not possible. <laughs> so I was chasing the shark and the instructor was chasing me. <laughs> so the sharks are more afraid of you than you were. Uh, they ran away in a way. They were like, who's this crazy girl? <laughs> I could just see it now. You're under the water going, oh my gosh, a shark. And a shark goes, oh my gosh, an eel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And everyone got a piece from this craze of facing my fears. And one person was my husband, because for his birthday, I organized a survival weekend in a way. It's like a survival camp. And I invited nine of his friends and we went to the woods in Switzerland with an instructor. So we had basically three items with us water bottle, a knife, and a sleeping bag. And we didn't have any food, and it was three days of hard work. So we had to build a um, kind of shelter from branches and leaves, cross rivers, and filter water, make fire. It was like a full day, all day work. And the second day, I mean, we were so hungry the first day, honestly. And the second day when the instructor said, okay, I have some snacks for you, I was like, yay, thank God, because we couldn't hunt anything, obviously. It's not that easy. It's not like in the movies. And the instructor said, would you like maggots or crickets? And they were still alive in a box. And I was like, um, you know what? I'm not hungry right now. <laughs> and people had it. They, like, they learned how to kill the crickets and stuff, and they had to eat it. I was like, no way. 
And the third day, the hunger was really intense then, said, okay, this time I have a real present for you. This was the instructor speaking. And he said, I have this chicken I brought in a cooler. It's all like cleaned up and stuff, and we just need to cook it. So we created a campfire and we started to cook the chicken. And after an hour or so, the instructor went to bed. He said, like, listen, cook it well. You know, it takes time. Campfire is not like your barbecue. And we said, yeah, yeah, sure. And honestly, I didn't eat chicken. I don't eat chicken normally, but I was so hungry after three days. I was like, okay, I'm going to have some of this. And we cooked it for maybe two more hours. And we thought, okay, it must be ready now. And we had some. And the next day, everyone was sick. And we were going back to our homes. And some people had traveled from the US all the way to Switzerland. So they had this long flight. And it turned out that we didn't cook it long enough. It wasn't the instructor's fault. It wasn't like the chicken was bad or something. But I had to go back to Berlin and they put me in an ambulance as soon as I landed because I was semi-conscious, apparently. My heart rate was fluctuating between 90 and 140. And I was telling them that I could walk to the hospital still, you know, me being in the survival mode. <laughs> and they put me into an ambulance with my luggage next to me. And then they took me kind of to the emergency. And luckily, I didn't have salmonella or anything. It was just not cooked enough. So the meat wasn't really good. But this was like a present that was kind of a creation of my challenging myself with all the fears. Come on, hit me with your questions then. <laughs> <laughs> so interesting. The first question I have is about this chicken because it seems like the biggest, I don't want to say, I, the whole trip was a challenge, obviously. But the thing that was really challenging that you took with you was food poisoning and everyone got food poisoning. So my question was, when you're making the chicken, when you were eating it, did you have a feeling it was raw mm. or, or not cooked completely? Or did it seem like... It's like because there have been times when, and you know, being from the food world myself, where people get impatient, they're so hungry. And I know that you were really hungry because it was three days that they'll just test fate, mm -hmm. or they're so thirsty that they'll just drink water without purifying it first and test fate. Was it one of those situations, or did you really think it was good and it just happened? I really didn't taste it that much. I was so hungry after three days of hard work. And I also couldn't remember what chicken tasted like. Like, I don't normally eat it. So it was like, okay, it tastes like something and I'm just going to eat anything right now. It was coming to that point. And I thought chicken is better than crickets, you know. Did you eat the crickets? No. <laughs> Not at all? No. And they, they were alive and they had to, like, you had to kill them. And, and one of them, like, you take their heads off. I don't want to be disgusting. And they can still fly away because they have this funny thing around so it wasn't a nice experience but I faced my fears a lot because I woke up also with a huge walnut sized bug sleeping on my arm right next to me so it was a challenging weekend did Brian eat crickets he did. He did. Did he like them? <laughs> no, him. I still remember his face. He was so disgusted, my poor husband. But, you know, we were just two girls and seven guys. Once somebody eats it, you just go, okay, I've got to do this too. Yeah. So going into this situation that you set up and knowing that it was going to be the survival thing, what was your biggest fear going into it? 
So another detail about this it was uh, this weekend. I had a hiking injury just before and I couldn't wear shoes. So I went to the forest wearing sandals because I lost two toenails after this hiking incident. So I was wearing sandals in the forest and we had to kind of slide down hills, you know, just using our feet kind of like to break. And I had this kind of socks and sandals situation. And I really thought I was going to make it worse with my feet. And it really took, to replace those toenails, it really took like eight to nine months, basically. And still, things are still not perfect, I would say. So I was afraid that I was going to have a bigger injury. And one of our friends cut his hand and he still can't feel the movement of his thumb. He can move it, but he doesn't have any sensation around it. So that was like a permanent injury he experienced. What did he cut it on? You know, we were chopping wood and doing stuff. So I think during trying to make fire out of nothing, it was just a small accident that resulted into a permanent kind of problem. Wow. I was going to say that the whole foot thing, you have some foot issues because I remember <laughs> when you were telling us about you had to climb the mountain or whatever and glacier flip-flops the glacier and flip-flops so this was like following that it wasn't that much longer after that no that's true it's the same summer so before I could heal I had to do this and luckily it didn't turn into something worse but my fear was like having a more permanent injury around it. So it's not a good idea to walk around in sandals in the forest, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would think not. But okay, when you did that, it was the lumberjack, right? That was pushing through? <laughs> yeah, uh, the hiker, right? The hiker, yeah, the, the hiker. sub-personality, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I know it wasn't the perfectionist. <laughs> no, and for our listeners, we had an episode where we discussed multiple subpersonalities that we all have. And I said that I'm kind of interviewing everyone that I find within. And I have this perfectionist side and the hiker personality. And this was definitely the hiker who would just continue no matter what. So after this was all over, you took this whole year from 2017 to 2018 to really face your fears or do things that you had fear around. What did you take away from that after doing all of these different activities for a year? So I really realized that um, it's not really the fear as being the problem. It's more like our interpretation of it So and the beliefs we created around it. So... I noticed that you can really change your perspective of fear or a fearful situation by changing it from like my moving your mindset from a weak, I can't or uh, I can't deal with this, it's a huge problem and it's never going to work kind of perspective to a more powerful state. I can do this and it's a big problem but I know how to deal or instead of life is a struggle or this weekend is a terrible idea well it's an adventure that I'm gonna share with my grandchildren perhaps so it really helped me rephrase everything around it because otherwise you just 
<laughs> couldn't survive, I think, like the poisoning, maybe literally. And also, you wouldn't have fun. You know, we were there, we signed up for it, we had to go through everything. And somehow it taught me to trust my ability to handle things. And that was my biggest turning point with fear that changed my approach to fearful situations. So now when you go up against something that you're afraid of or that when fear comes up, where's your mind go? So for example, before this, I used to think a lot like, what if, you know, what if this happened? What if that happened? What if this went wrong? Now I think of I'll handle it rather than what if. So what if this happens? I'll handle it. It's always the answer. You know, what if, I don't know, there's a snowstorm and we go hiking in the mountains? Well, we'll handle it, you know. Just prepare for it, but then have this trust in my own ability to handle situations. And that really is life-changing because when we are challenged, we automatically feel afraid like this is not a pleasant it takes us out of our comfort zone but if you can see yourself like okay here's another experience that will teach me how to handle a new situation then you treat that situation like your teacher and fear becomes your teacher and I think among all the emotions Fear is maybe the toughest, but the best teacher, I would say. The one thing that I just, that stood out to me in your answer there is, you know, trusting yourself, mm -hmm. being able to trust yourself because you're tested. You've gone to these activities, you've done these things and you've tested yourself and you have that reference that you've come out learning something, you've overcome obstacles, you face challenges and now I think you just have a, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think part of it, not all of it, but part of it is that you have a deeper trust in yourself that you know that you'll be able to figure it out. You'll be able to stand up to the challenge and, you know, it will at the very least come out the other side with another skill set, with more experience, with more wisdom that you can then apply to things in the future. Yes, absolutely. And also fear is Again, one of those emotions that we don't want to feel and we don't want to mention that we feel. Whereas what I learned from this year is it eases when you mention that you're afraid. Somehow the emotion kind of loosens up so you can see through it. So accepting fear was a big step for me because in the past I fought against it. When I felt afraid, I would be like, no, 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 this is not something to be afraid of. Don't be silly. You just get on with it. But now if I feel afraid, I'm like, oh, okay, here's fear again. You know, welcome back. I'm familiar with you. And this acceptance allows me, enables me to deal with it and find a way through it. Brilliant. Absolutely. Because so many people, they're afraid of the fear, I think. Right. And so they don't want to feel it. And then they say, oh, I have to face it or I have to go. And then they timidly go up against it. And it just becomes this big thing. And it's like you said at the beginning of this episode, it's more of in your mind, your interpretation of it more so than actually doing it. Mm -hmm. And our biggest fear, I always say this, our biggest fear is the fear of being afraid which doesn't make any sense. So we are so afraid to feel afraid that we live in this state of fear constantly. But if you can make peace with the fact that every now and then you will be afraid, then you can move in and out of it in a way. 
But if you refuse to be afraid, then you're going to be constantly afraid of the potential of being afraid. Does that make sense? It does. Give yourself permission to feel fear, to be afraid, and to act anyway. Mm -hmm. And that's the title of a brilliant book, you know, called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway. If you're struggling with fear or the more common word for it is like worry, you know, if you're a worrier, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if I miss the train? What if my children grow up to be this and that? Read this book. I mean, it's all in the title, but sometimes we need to brainwash ourselves into a new way of thinking. So this book, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, has so many examples and it really dissects fear and worry and gives you a completely new, fresh perspective of it. Awesome. Ila, thank you so much. This has been a fantastic conversation. I love the stories. I don't like the fact that you had food poisoning, but it was a fantastic story and it kept me on the edge of my seat. So I'm so glad that you told it and shared it with all of us. Well, even the food poisoning, you know, like I was told that I don't remember saying this, but I apparently say I will walk to the hospital. And even that makes me think, okay, even during the weakest times, there is a part of me who's a complete like a warrior, you know, like who's still wanting to get on with it and overcome the obstacles. So even that part is a nice memory, like a gift from that weekend, basically. Absolutely. So face the fear, just accept the fear, feel it, do it anyway. Great stuff from this episode. And the next episode, we're going to have bring on the email message, answer the question. And I can't wait to share that with you as well. So Ela, thank you for sharing about fear. And I'm looking forward to uh, answering the question that we've got received via email in the next episode. Thank you, Mario. And for everyone listening out there, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you for listening and sharing all the messages via the Peacefully's hotline. And I'll give you that number really quickly again, just in case you want to call and maybe share a story where you overcame fear or you faced fear in your life. And that number again is 424-625. 5562, or you can email us just like we're going to address the email in the next episode. Podcast at peacefullies.com is our email address. And you can also just visit us online to keep up with Ela, see what she's up to. Peacefullies.com is the website there. Ela, thanks so much. And I'm looking forward to opening up the question on the next episode. Thank you, Mario. Speak to you soon. For Ela Crane, I'm Mario Pareca. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you on the very next episode of the Peaceful Ease podcast. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself. <laughs>